Hello, and welcome to the Alt Left. Welcome back, everyone, to the Alt Left. This is episode 48, and today we're going to be talking about transgender issues. So buckle the fuck up, throw away your Chappelle CDs. Um, we're going to be talking all about it. And even though Kay, Matt, and I are absolute experts in trans issues as three cis people, uh, we decided just to, just, just to get on the safe side, fine, I guess we'll have a guest. Uh, and joining us uh, from the other side of the country in the terrible state of Florida is Ari. Welcome, Ari. Hi. And um, with us also is, besides myself, is Matthew Jumbo Johnson. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. And the good Reverend Dr. K. Hey, good evening, everyone. Before we crack into it, like, uh, I think a lot of this is definitely going to be about trans issues, especially here in the United States, especially with uh, the, you know, just absolute horrifying bullshit that the, the right wing in this country is trying to do. Um, I wanted to give us just literally 10 seconds of history here because, um, you know, it's one of the things that Chappelle, we're going to talk about the Chappelle show today as well, the Chappelle uh, special today. And one of the things, one of the 10,000 things he said that I found revolting uh, was when he was trying to compare trans issues and race issues, he made this statement that like trans people have been in this fight for decades, but they've been in it for centuries. And I kind of wanted to, to, to that, that one really crashed on my ear wrong because trans people have existed as long as people have existed. And, and there's, there's fucking history to this. This isn't just like, well, you know, I'm pretty sure that's how it always was. No, no, like we've, we've got evidence. So one of the oldest gods in human history is Ishtar, right? Yeah, originally known as Inanna, but Ishtar is what's commonly known when like the Mesopotamian, you know, Mesopotamians um, united under Ishtar. That's, you know, Babylonians, Assyrians, that kind of shit for people who don't like geography. But when I say ancient world, we're talking 4,000 before, you know, BCE, right? Like we're talking a good 6,000 years ago. Uh, long before there was a slave trade. And in the Ishtar religion, uh, priests wore the opposite gender's clothes during half of their rites. Um, the goddess Ishtar is a female, but was depicted often with a beard and actually had authority over not just sex, but gender identity. There's actually one of the oldest religious poems in the world is attributed to Ishtar and even says, I looked it up and it's, the translation is to destroy, to create, to tear out, to establish are yours, Inanna, to turn a man into a woman and a woman into a man are yours, Inanna. And I know it's a bad idea to put modern notions of identity to the ancient world, but, but this is not a cisgendered God we're talking about. Like at the at the very minimum, we're talking about a gender fluid deity. Well, are there even records of like um, various Native American cultures having dis separate distinctions and genders for people that were intersex and things like that as well? well okay, if you're talking like American Indians, um, yeah. the term that is basically always Romanized that existed in a lot of the tribes is called two spirit people. And again, two-spirit people date back to the dawn of the oral tradition of, of American Indians. And they were considered in most tribes to be like highly spiritual, super wise. You know, they were considered kind of really close to God and the creator, you know, the great spirit because of that. Um, and it's, it's a similar story in India. Um, again, since the beginning of their trans, you know, thousands of years ago, uh, there was, um, in India, pe transgender people still are. Uh, they're actually, India's currently going through a... A cultural transformation where they're actually 
finding a more pleasant word for it. It's it's only been used derogatorily since the British showed up, uh, but it's hijra, right? H-I-J-R-A is how it's Romanized. Um, and, and thousands of years ago, hijra were celebrated of, right? These guys were spoken glowingly in the Kama Sutra, uh, in the Maharaja, like, like in, in, in the holiest of ancient books, hijra were considered awesome. Um, and then all of a sudden the fucking British show up, which, you know, the British do, they show up and ruin stuff, but they showed up in the late 1800s and all of a sudden hijra were criminals. And ever since then, trans people in India have been considered a lesser class. But until the very late 19th century, that was never the case. Hijra were elevated. And so I just want to get that out there before we even start to this idea that the trans issue is recent. No, no. The trans issue is recent to cisgendered Americans. Trans people have existed and existed well for all of human history. As long as there have been people with gender, there have been trans people in the world. And mm -hmm. so before we like the conversation has to exist with that in the beginning, because people cannot have a conversation about trans issues. If we're going to, if anyone in the conversation, and I'm not talking about us here, the four of us, I'm talking about our listeners or anybody in the world. If anyone in the conversation has the idea that this is new or recent or a phenomena of current fallen times or degradation of society or whatever else right-wingers clutch their pearls at, it, it, it doesn't go anywhere because you're not talking about reality. And we have to go that, no, no, trans, tr being transgender is a normal function, it is a human experience that transcends every single culture and every single age of time. And if everyone agrees that this is a thing that exists, you can hate it, you can love it, whatever. But as long as you at least acknowledge like, no, this is normal, this is human, it has been here forever, we can talk about it. And I wanted to put that out there in our recording. And anybody who wants to have a conversation with anybody who might disagree with you about trans issues, that might be something you want to bring up and start with to get on the same page because if someone can't acknowledge that trans people have existed forever and it's a normal human experience, stop talking to them. Just, just go. The conversation is going to go nowhere. If yeah. you can't, if they are working with a, if they are working with alternative facts, uh, that's not somebody that you can engage with. Yeah. So yeah. I just wanted to put that out there that like, no, no, historically, this has always been around, and we need to always remember that. You know, trans people didn't, you know, you know two people didn't, didn't do a weird dance, and all of a sudden, Stonewall happened, and trans people manifested, you know, and no, in some kind of anti-rapture. No, it doesn't, that didn't fucking happen. Trans people have always been here. We need to acknowledge that. Now we can start the show. What's up, guys? <laughs> um, you want to put that soapbox away for a minute? Yeah, sorry, I'm going to put yeah, that soapbox yeah. away. It's coming back out when we talk about Chappelle, but I'll put it away for a minute. <laughs> so with us, we have Ari from Transitional Spaces Podcast, uh, also about to be a nonprofit, so congratulations on that. Thank you. Woo -woo. You know, we wanted to talk about trans issues as a whole here, and, and one of the things I want to start, like I think all of our audience knows well, we're going to lie on this, but we were talking with you, and one of the things that I thought you had mentioned that was pretty interesting is you you have friends on both sides of this aisle, and you were mentioning, I think, something along the lines, I'm paraphrasing here, but like your right-winger friends all think that you're a raging communist, and your left-wing friends, I, I forget what you said, but something along those lines. I, I just wanted you to kind of say it in your own words, because I thought that was an interesting little line that you had. Yeah, I mean, that's basically what brought me to, to create transitional space, because every time I try to join um, a trans space in my community, I'd always get ostracized for being pro-gun or, or different political beliefs or whatever. 
So I wanted to create a space where everybody was kind of welcome. And, but then when I talk to my, you know, more conservative family and friends, I'm always thrown to the other side. So I'm like kind of in the middle. So both sides bat me back and forth. Well, FYI, if you're running into people who are too anti-gun, you haven't gone left enough. Yeah, you go far enough. Really far enough. We like the guns. Yeah. Uh, but Ari, and for anybody who's listening, if you are looking for a self-defense and gun-friendly organization that is trans-run and pro-trans, there's actually a really cool organization that I would love to throw any attention to called Armed Equality. They have this really great symbol. They don't tread on me snake in a, in a rainbow um, <laughs> just to piss off the right wingers. And uh, it's actually all about gun safety and, and defense of trans spaces and trans communities. I saw that flag flying behind a truck the other day. That's fantastic. I love it. I, I was wondering what that was because I, I was unaware of its uh, origin. And I was like, oh, some fucking that's weird. <laughs> yeah, it, it's probably armed equality. Yeah, they're awesome. I have a patch of theirs. They're great. Um, they have a cool Etsy store. Anyway, but yeah, so Ari, tell us about, I, mean, I don't know, like, what is, from your perspective, um, the most pressing issue you're coming across right now? Ah, uh, gosh, like, basically, like, well, to bring up the Chappelle thing, it's, it's, um, it's like people can't criticize or people can't have an opinion about trans people unless it's all positive. Okay, so wait, are, uh, uh, so are you saying you're pro Chappelle? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty. Oh, wow, we are going to have a great one. Okay, okay, <laughs> yeah. so l- I guess I mean obviously I would agree that everyone has the right to say whatever they want. Uh-huh. Um, what would what would be your defense of Dave Chappelle? Oh gosh, I mean like all right, so his his latest special, like a lot of the jokes in there, I didn't like, and and he was definitely throwing out like cliches and and being just pretty ignorant about trans people in general but just i think if he has that platform he should be allowed to to say it and um that's basically it so it's it's more of a first amendment right to say whatever you want than it is a uh, i don't like what he said because it denigrates trans people yeah well i actually yeah let me take let me take what i said back because um, well, no, we're just trying to understand what your standpoint is. Yeah. Well, like what he said is, is he can say whatever he wants to say, in, in my mm-hmm. opinion. But I think he's doing like a disservice to a lot of people because there's a lot of people like like my uncle. The, the only trans um, like experience or education he might get this year is watching Chappelle's special. So all he's getting is these jokes and he's basing his whole like now he's going to go vote based on based off of what he's hearing from Chappelle's show or Chappelle's comedy thing and what he's talking with his buddies at work. So that that for me is where like Chappelle is kind of wrong in that. But I mean, it's kind of on on us to open up the conversation and be be able to accept those criticisms and then be able to teach. Um, Of course, like you don't have to teach if you don't want to, but I think it's. For me, I like teaching people, showing people that I'm a little bit, a little bit more open-minded, a little bit di- more different. Um, so I'm not going to yell back at you and stuff like that. Oh, fair enough. Uh, I guess I felt I, I if Chappelle had come out and, and said like, well, you know, trans people really scare me, but I don't know what's going on, and mm-hmm. I wanted to have a conversation. That's fine, but that's not what he did. Like Chappelle just basically came out and just issued bullshit 
bullet points again. I mean, like, you know, he 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 complains that his I don't have an issue with trans people. It's mm-hmm. white people, and he tells this story about a trans uh, a trans man calling the cops on him, and he's like, oh, a, a black person would have done that, only a white person did. And it's like, okay, but that just and he says that multiple times. And he talks about how he just basically conflates trans people that basically only white people are trans. And he just completely dismisses the experience of any trans person who's a person of color where he would have part of that crossroad with them, but they're all under the bus. All trans people, as far as he's concerned, are protected with whiteness. And it's really weird considering trans people are murdered more often by the authorities than black people are. And... You know, and again, he like that. He said he, he talks about you know the trans issue has only been around for a little while, whereas slavery has been around forever. It's like no, trans has been around far long. Like the trans issue in America has been around, or at least the Western world has been an issue before the slave trade existed. And I mean that argument, that argument though, kind of goes both ways, right? Because the reason why people bring up that argument because slavery has been around since people have gathered in groups, right? Uh, not really. Uh, so, so it, again, it's, how, you, how do you define slavery? If you're talking about indentured servitude, sure. Mm-hmm. But if you're talking about chattel slavery, that's only existed a handful of times in the world. There is very few times where you have been put into slavery because of the color of your skin and your children will be automatically into that system for an infinite amount of time based on the color of their skin. That is a rare form of servitude. Yeah. But does it does it matter though if I'm if I'm in, if I'm yes. enslaved and Very whether so. it's by a nation conquering my nation or I'm just born into it? It still sucks. No, right? it still sucks. But so what? I mean, getting punched in the face and getting shot both suck. One of them is far worse. You know, people talk about mm-hmm. Irish slaves, for instance. That's that's usually a first talking point of right wingers. They're like, "Well, the Irish were slaves." It's like, "Well, the Irish were indentured servants." And their children weren't born into slavery. Roman slaves could purchase their freedom and their children were not automatically slaves. Like that's a very unique Atlantic slave trade thing of where, oh, this is the color of your skin. You will be a slave from the moment of your birth until the moment of your death. And that that is very different. Well, I mean, I was just saying because the slave slavery issue here in America, it's very recent. So um that's why probably I'm thinking he's bringing that up is because and that's something that he's really, really familiar with. He's probably hasn't done the research about how trans people have existed in, in different societies throughout the world and stuff like that. So that's why I'm thinking that's why I thought he brought that up. I don't think they equate, but. But that's my issue It's not that he can't bring that up and uh-huh. not that. I mean, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, let's not forget we are not far from the end of slavery in this country. And that's black all about the Constitution. In this country are far and away, yeah, black people far and away are still feeling the scars from slavery. You know, the, the, it's part of the whole argument, too, is there's so many people on the right going like, why can't they just can't get over it? Not even people on the right. Like there's people in the middle and the, and the left, too, making this ridiculous argument about why can't black people just get over it? Not understanding it wasn't that fucking long ago. But, but that's not the issue. And, and, and I'm yeah. and I'm not trying to make that issue. I'm saying to conflate it with transgender issue and yeah. play this game. Of, he's, he's in this like weird suffering Olympics. Like Dave Chappelle yeah. is, is desperately trying to win the shittiest game ever written. It's really weird. He's basically trying to have a contest with trans people over oppression. And that's stupid. 
Well, the, you know what, what's ironic about it is that that was actually a, a running gag for conservatives for a while. They've dropped it. I haven't heard it in a while, but oppression Olympics. That was the thing. That was yeah. the tagline they were going with in like the mid to the mid 2010s or something like that. They've since dropped it, but that's literally what Chappelle was doing. It And he admitted it too. Like he said, I'm jealous. You know, that was his whole, that was his whole defense of this is when all this started, he was trying to say that he wasn't talking about trans people. He was talking or talking about hating trans people. He was talking about how he was actually jealous of them. The alphabet mafia was getting so much progression on their movement while the black civil rights movement is still being fought. And it's, it's kind of, it's a shitty fucking argument. It really just is. It's like, we're suffering more than you. How dare you have more success? And a lot of, I think the big reason why they've had such a, such success is because of the success of the black civil rights movement. There, all these other movements have been building off of that. You know what I mean? All right, so I was also say, do y'all remember that the skit with um, Key and Peel, where they're like two gay men sitting in like a cubicle together? One guy is like really, really flamboyant, and the other guy is like pretty like non-flamboyant. That's like the only Key and Peel sketch I haven't seen. No, I don't remember that one. Yeah. That's crazy because I love Key and Peel. Okay, so like the, like the one flamboyant guy is like drinking like out of a penis straw. He has like <laughs> sex music. He's talking loud about like sticking stuff in his ass and stuff like that. And basically, at the by the end of the skit, like the guy is like. I'm not persecuted. I'm just an asshole. So like, I think I see a little bit of that, a lot of that from people like me that like, they just take offense to, cause, but it's not all, not, not always our fault because we're so on guard because we have to be, but then sometimes we take offense a little too quickly, I think. Well, but if Chappelle has the right to say whatever garbage he wants to say, doesn't anybody have the right to be offended? Uh, I mean, yeah. And if we're going to say that Chappelle has the right to say it, and again, I actually agree. I think Chappelle does have the right to run his trash mouth wherever he wants. But don't we also have the right to say we don't want to watch it and we're going to tell private companies that we give our money to that we're not interested in that entertainment? I mean, I have the right to say whatever I want, right? But if I show up to work and start calling my boss names... And start knocking crap over and talking shit to all my fellow employees. And I just start running my mouth and acting like an asshole. He has the right to fire me, right? Sure, yeah. So then don't we have the right to fire Chappelle if he's being a piece of shit? I suppose so, but... <laughs> I mean, to me, it sounds like the free market correcting itself. So, And, and I think that's one of the things. So you've got the, the, the macro of this, which is like going after Chappelle solely for what he said, which is, you know, tearing apart his arguments, because again, regardless of how you feel, he is making bad arguments to support his shitty opinion. And you can tear those apart all day, but then you've got the, the, the bigger issue, the bigger picture of this, which is this free speech issue, because that, that's, that's a take up seat a lot. And, and I actually, I, I get that because that is so common with, with regards to, we, we did a whole episode on cancel culture about this. It's this idea of where's the line, you know, and, and there are people on the left, right and center that will always throw this idea of free speech out there because they have this this scary notion that somehow by telling racists and bigots that they don't get a platform anymore, it means that all of us are going to have big brother coming down on us. And I think that comes from, in my opinion, there's a severe lack of understanding of what the first amendment is. And I'll reiterate it here. All the first amendment does is keep the government from stopping your speech. That's all it does. It's we've fought. This battle has been fought in court numerous times. Private companies can do whatever the fuck they want. 
Period. End of story. Facebook is a private company. All social media is a private company. If you are doing something on their platform, they are not legally obligated to give you their platform. They can take it away anytime they want. That's why Trump is losing all of his court cases right now when it comes to Twitter, because he has no standing. It's Twitter's platform. They can do whatever the fuck they want with it. With cancel culture, I think it's the same thing. Like Chris was saying, I'm not going to disagree. In this country, you have the right to say whatever the fuck you want, but freedom to say whatever you want does not give you freedom from consequences. And it doesn't mean you deserve a paycheck. Like that's yeah. the thing is we're not, Dave Chappelle isn't being locked in prison. He's just not being invited to parties anymore. And that's the thing is people like him and the right want to talk about people are too sensitive and they're crybaby snowflakes. But then all he's doing is going on interview after interview, crying and whining like a fucking child about, I'm not invited to parties and no one wants to touch my movies or projects anymore. And it's like, well, yeah, if you act like a dick, people don't want to hang out with you. Like, how is that? It gets better right when this happened, though. I don't know if you know this, Ari, but like when it first happened, he's actually quoted it saying, again, I'm paraphrasing here, but something along the lines of like, if this is cancel culture, I love it because it hadn't hit. It was like three days into it. And he was he was just like, oh, nothing bad has happened. But because people didn't let up and this is continuing to be a bad thing for Netflix. Then all of a sudden, everybody that was going to show his special backed away and pulled away. And now all he's been doing is going on tour, bitching and moaning about, woe is me, nobody will touch me anymore. Which I find ironic because in the special, he specifically says, I'm done telling jokes until we can have a conversation about this and we can resolve these issues. Uh, no, no, let's, let's, I've got some, his quote. Yeah, I, hold on. I said I'm let's, paraphrasing. Let's, Hit me. Let's, no, let's, let's say his quote. He says, <clears throat> he, he addresses the LGBTQ community as the LGBTQ LMNOPQYZ community. So that's his quote. So he already starts it off degrading. And he says, it's over. I'm not telling another joke about you until we are both sure that we are laughing together. That's it. This yeah. is after an entire hour-long special where he's done nothing but shit on trans people. After he's done venting his venom, now it's time for us to be peaceful. And he says, it's done. I'm done talking about it. Bullshit. Was, <laughs> like, he, was he totally shitting on trans people? Or was he just coming at... Coming have at you being, seen the special, Ari? Yeah. 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 I mean, okay. the last have part... Not. You haven't? You, you're gonna I, no, I actually uh, didn't Chris, get a chance yeah, to yeah, watch it. Chris and I have watched it. I don't think Kay has. Okay, I took some notes, and I just I, I want to I want let me just read you a couple of things that really stuck out to me in this episode. And you could tell me how that's not talking shit to trans people because I'm okay with being wrong, but I want to hear this one. So okay, so after he he completely hides behind trans identity and tries to make it racial, and basically dismisses any trans people of color existing. Uh, he then goes on a rant about cancel culture, like conservative old men do. Um, <clears throat> he cites J.K. Rowling. Um, and then he says, you know, until then, he didn't know what a turf was. And he and his quote is, but trans women like to make up words to win arguments. First of all, turf is not a trans word. Turf is a cisgendered word. Asshole little cis people like to call themselves turf. Trans people did not make that up. Besides that, he then says, I'm team turf. Gender is a fact. So he's now calling himself a turf, aligning himself with turfs, which we know that turfs are anti-trans. Now, after that, he goes on to say that everyone in the world had to pass through the legs of a woman, and therefore gender is a fact. So first of all, he's completely dismissed trans men with uteruses, which absolutely exist. 
and then he finishes it up with saying, I'm not, I'm not saying trans women aren't women. I'm just saying those pussies that they got, you know what I'm saying. So now he's vulgarly basically saying that trans women can't have a good anatomy and that somehow makes them less women. Um, and then my favorite part is when he hides behind Daphne Dorman. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it reminded me of Carlos Mencia where he used to make up bullshit stories about, oh, I've got disabled fans, and that's why it's cool for me to throw out disabled slurs all the time. It was the same, you know, fucking, and then he goes up on stage and parades around some fucking disabled Uncle Tom that likes him, and suddenly we're supposed to think that Carlos Mencia is cool, even though Carlos Mencia is a piece of shit, just like Dave Chappelle. So he hides, so Daphne Dorman uh, was some comedian, and she was trans, and he made friends with her, right? And he went on to say that she defended him again. We are hearing this on stage in a performance from Dave Chappelle's point of view. I know Daphne Dorman actually was a fan of Chappelle. How much she went to bat for him and how ardent of a best friend she was to him. I think we can take that with a grain of salt. Hold on. There's there's even a part in his story where he's Uh, talking about her in the crowd and she visibly like yells at him. Like death, like you could tell by even from the story that she's telling him, I'm a fucking human, just acknowledge that. Yeah. And that's how they became friends. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but did y'all see her tweet though about defending his um specials? I did, yeah. but I don't care. Like Daphne Dorman liking him doesn't mean shit. So what? There's been black people who defended the clan. That doesn't make the clan cool. <laughs> like because because you found a token individual to support you does not make your point well. And basically, like, he then put the blame of her death on the trans community. You know, he said that she was bullied by the trans community and then killed herself, which is true. She came out, defended Chappelle, and was definitely had a lot of shit thrown at her by the trans community. Uh, I kind of think it's a, like, I'm not going to shit on the trans community for it because I think you're allowed to defend your oppression any way you want. But... From hypothetically not knowing Daphne Dorman, that was probably a shitty place to be. I get it. But now he's telling us that bullying is bad after he spent an entire special bullying and demeaning trans people. So I don't find it genuine. And then he tries to blame the gay and trans community for bullying his friend, just completely ignoring the damage he's done. It was just grade A classic deflection. He he basically said, no, no, look. Remember Donald Trump up there saying, look at my black American? It's the same shit. Like, he was like, no, look, I had a trans friend. And then she died because you guys were mean. And it's nothing to do with me or the damage I've caused the community or people like me. And then what does he do at the very end of it? After he talks about his dear friend, he misgenders her twice, calls her a man, right? And then when he jokes... By the way, makes a joke while misgendering her, makes a joke about her killing herself. This is how tore up he is. And uh, he then says he set up a trust fund for her kid. And he and I'm quoting this here. I don't, he says, I don't know what the trans community ever did for her, but she wasn't their tribe. She was mine. Okay. And then he makes a joke at the very end of that same bit, saying that when he gives the money to the daughter when she's 21, he's going to say to her, quote, I knew your father and he was a very wonderful woman. What the fuck? And then immediately after that, he's like, oh, I'm done talking about trans people. And it's like, and, and the whole episode, he makes a big stink about how much he hates the term punching down, which I'm sure he does because all he does is punch down like a piece of shit. And not surprising, right? Because that, that, again, that's, he punches down on the gay and trans community. 
But then he has the balls to say at the end of the special, please quit punching down on my people. That was one of the last words he said in the special was, was told gay people to quit punching down on my people. And there's only two things that can mean. He's either talking about black people, which again, completely removes black people from the queer community. Right in the same special where he's talked about how cool Stonewall was, and, or he's my people is comedians, and somehow he feels that millionaire comedians are an oppressed group. So how is that not a special, Ari, where he does nothing but shit on trans and gay people? All right, so I think you got like I didn't like his special, so <laughs> I don't think you did. <laughs> no. But I did see it through a little bit of a different light because okay, I was sitting there thinking about when he was talking about Daphne getting a lot of hate from her own community. I've experienced that exact same thing. And I felt like shit by myself because of that, you know, sitting in my room, just bawling my eyes out because people who are supposed to support me aren't doing it. And I was getting support from like, uh, like one of my, my uncles, he's super conservative. He doesn't always say the right things in the right way, the way I would want them. He listens when I correct him or correct, you know, when I make a correction for him, but, you know, he's not 100% perfect, but he's got my back all the time. So it's like, in a little small sense, I saw Dave Chappelle kind of doing that with with Daphne there. Because I, like, trust me, if if my uncle said that about me, I'd go haunt him after I was dead. You know, like, misgendering <laughs> like that. But Yeah. Which is, it's just a shitty way to tell a joke. But also, like, I get that, you know, my uncle doesn't have any experience with this i'm the only trans person that he knows and it's a little bit um you know he's he's doing his best so he's always there with me but so i, I see it from that kind of angle so i brought like my own angle into it and i, I was and i think that's fair and i'm not trying to like discount your experience there mm-hmm. but my question to you is if you let's just say you hadn't had that experience right like take that anecdotal like the things that you have been the times where you have like let's just pretend you've had a life where you you didn't have experiences of being shit on by your own community right i wish i had yeah a great i wish you I, I had was... too that super sucks like mm-hmm. i can't even imagine how much that's got to feel like shit I, I feel you. I think that's terrible. But like, let's just pretend for half a second it didn't happen. Then how would you view the Chappelle show or the Chappelle episode? I have I have no idea because I can only view it from the lens of of all my experiences. And I grew up in the south, in the south, you know, and with all types of different people. And I think kind of my worldview comes into that, right? So that's I grew funny. up I grew up in Florida with black people, Hispanic people, Jamaican people, Creole. Like I'm half Asian, half white, so. And, and yeah, so that whole thing comes into it. I never felt overly oppressed being trans Asian white person. Like, I don't know. So no, fair point. Yeah. And the thing that I've noticed that too, it's, and this is completely anecdotal, but like, especially people from the South, like black people from the South, any minority from the South, really, I think it, there, there's a different mentality because you're, you end up being surrounded by it from birth. I mean, again, this goes back to us being, proved. we've all lived in Southern California for all our lives. It's a much more different vibe here. You, you, not saying it doesn't exist, but like we're much less likely to see casual racism or casual bigotry than somebody living in like Florida, Mississippi, Arkansas, places like that. And so I think when you grow up with it, you're more willing to look past the little minor stuff. And, 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 and again, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. I just, when it comes to 
I think your point is valid in so much as if you were dealing with people like your uncle, when you're dealing with somebody one-on-one, I get that. Um, But like when you're trying to get the average Joe Schmo to understand trans issues and and trying to see where their bias is coming in and affecting it, I I think your approach is good. I think where it, it becomes where we get into issues is when you start dealing with these big name celebrities who have platforms. I mean, going back to the Chappelle thing, gender is a fact. Okay. Well, what does that mean? Most people that are anti-trans are going to be like, gender means man, woman is it. That's it. Period. But for us, we're like, yeah, gender is a fact. It's a construct on a spectrum. It's a social construct. Like that's the fact that we know it to be using the word, the phrase gender as a fact to back up your shitty arguments it becomes problematic because, as you said, people like your uncle are going to hear that. And it's like, yes, they're going to think Chappelle is just telling jokes, but they're going to say, think he's telling jokes based on truth. And it's going to be the truth that they interpret. And the truth they interpret is going to be there are only two genders, man and woman, and there can't, there's no such thing as trans and all this other bigoted bullshit that they like to spew. And so when we give people like Chappelle, in my, again, this is back to my opinion, when we give him a pass and say, and again, I'm not saying he's not above criticism, but when we just say, oh, you did a bad thing and then let him go on every news station that will have him to keep saying the bad thing while we all just shake a finger and no consequences happen, I don't think you can affect change and you just root people more into the positions they're already going to have. Well, and and part of that lesson is also that people will get from Chappelle is that trans people are cool as long as they laugh at your shitty helicopter jokes, because that's what Daphne Dorman was. She was the one trans person who got to be a human being in his eyes because she laughed at his jokes. Well, and that's where bigotry is, right? I mean, that's why you see so many conservatives that will suddenly be pro LGBTQ community when they have a a, a relative that comes out, a close relative, you know? Yeah. When they're, when their child is all of a sudden Dick Cheney's daughter's gay and suddenly, suddenly gay people aren't destroying the world. But, but again, I, it's also hard for me to begrudge your position. Like I get where you're coming from. Like I, I don't find fault in, in, in where, in, in your argument, like how else are you going to get these people to understand what it's like without being willing to interact with them? You know, and I think consequences. And that's another one. Yeah. Enough consequences happen. Suddenly you realize, and again, it, it drives them back into private, but the longer they stay good, yeah, the longer they stay closed off and alienated from society, the smaller and smaller those populations will become. Yeah, I think the wrong people have been in the closet for a very long time, and I think it's time for the bigots to go to the closet. I mean, I all right. So let me tell you, like, can I tell you like a little story about? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, cut us off too. Like we're chatty Cathy's. Like we won't stop. Tell us to shut the fuck up. <laughs> um. So like this is this happened to me at work yesterday. So and then I. Like I work in mental health care, so I'm a, I'm a counselor. Um, I was doing a group yesterday, and the kids I work with are teenagers who have substance abuse and mental health, so dual diagnosis uh, kids. Mm-hmm. So they have some some experiences. And when I was doing this um, psycho psychoeducational group, some of these kids were calling me tranny, calling me, you know, like my name is Miss Ari, but they're like Mr. Ari. And purposefully misgendering me, and and these are all mm-hmm. minority minority kids, and so I, I could have done two things, right? I could have done, I could have ended the group and walked out. I could have, I don't know, yelled at them, 
but I chose to have a conversation with them because how would they know? They, they probably never, just like my uncle, even though my uncle came from like the swamps, these kids come from like inner city of Miami, how both of them are, are, you know, they don't just have, they don't have that experience with, with LGBT people, people. They don't have that experience with trans people. After conversation, I was able to educate them a little bit. I'm curious. Uh Do you think that that kind of behavior stems from them being ignorant and having no uh, exposure or are they doing it because they believe or are anticipating getting a rise out of you? Yeah, I think it could be a little bit of both because, again, they're like in a facility. So they're always, always constantly testing, right? Mm-hmm. But also at the same time, it's it's because it's new to them, you know. So the only way that they've been taught to um, interact with trans people is to either be mean to them, to punch down. I hate the word punch down, by the way. I, I didn't hear it until Chappelle's special. I had no idea what it meant. Oh, I love the term. Can I ask why you don't like the term? Yeah, uh, I'm curious also. Yeah, um, I just think of like, all right, so if I say you're punching down on me, or if I feel like I'm being punched down on, I don't want to have that mentality like I'm a victim, like you're getting an upper hand on me, like literally punching down on me. Okay. Um, or that someone is above you. I mean, nobody's above me. We're all kind of equal. Well, no, no. I, I just meant in terms of like that idea that someone is above me and literally punching down. And no, we're not equal. We're all we're all better than Chappelle. But no, the the term because the term punching down. I mean, Uh again, this is the English language, so it's subjective. But the term punching down is meant to mean you are a person of privilege, throwing shade at an oppressed class for your amusement. Mm -hmm. That's what punching down is supposed to mean. Whereas punching up is supposed to be talking about like speaking truth to power. Like that's supposed to be the difference. And Dave Chappelle is a straight cis man making fun of the gay and trans community for his own amusement. That is the definition of punching down. And that it's meant to signify up and down meant means like social strata class. Yeah. I mean, I, I get that, but like, I, I don't know. I still kind of don't, don't see. And I guess that's another conversation too. I don't, I don't get the whole privilege argument either. Um, you don't, you don't believe that Dave Chappelle is privileged. I think he's probably lucky. I don't think he's privileged in any way. Like I, I don't, I don't get that. It's because he's a cis male in America. Does that mean? No, 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 no. Just him as a person, all of him, whatever that is, you don't mm. believe him to be privileged? No. Okay. Because I mean, again, privilege is also a spectrum because for instance, you and uh, as far as most people would be, would consider you and Chappelle both have privileges that are different than each other. Right. Yeah. You know, you, you have much lighter skin than Dave Chappelle. That is a privilege. Whereas Dave Chappelle is more likely to be seen as a threat by armed people because of his skin tone. He also has a privilege of being heterosexual and cisgendered. That gives him a privilege of, because, uh, because no one is coming after Dave Chappelle and throwing trans slurs at him. That is the privilege he has is no one is going to come at him and bully him for being transgender or being queer. Right. Just like no one, the clan isn't going to do a lynch mob on you because of the color of your skin. They might. I don't know. I'm Asian. My mom is pretty dark. So fair enough. You know what? Touche. But the <laughs> point is, like, those are that's the privilege. And so it's like, yeah, I'm not going to say that Dave Chappelle is the most privileged person in America or anything. But he's mm. straight. He's cis. He's male, and he's fucking rich. You don't think those give him societal advantages? 
societal advantages, sure, but to say that he's more privileged than, than me. Then like, what? Is, or Brooke, then what is privilege? Thing is, is when you talk about privilege, usually uh-huh. the first argument I'll hear from the right, not to to say you're you're on the right side of this, but like the common pushback is, my life has been shitty as hell. What do you mean I have privilege? And that argument fails to understand what we're talking about when we mean privilege. When we say privilege, it simply means that if you put one person of an equal like financial situations, like let's say you put a white person in poverty and a black person in poverty, the Mm. black person is going to have experiences, negative experiences that will never, ever, ever affect the white person. They are most likely to be arrested by police officers for a crime of like possession of marijuana. They are far more likely to die at the hands of police officers than the white person. They are far less likely to be able to get a loan if they want to buy a house or get themselves out of poverty. Like the, the, the things that help lift people out of poverty are, are out of their grasp. Like when we're talking about privilege, there are advantages that white people have that they aren't even aware of just by the color of of their skin. It doesn't mean that they're having, you know, or people don't have uh, bad lives or have bad luck, but it means there's experiences that by nature of who you are and how you were born, you're never going to have to have. Yeah. I mean, you could say this is anecdotal again, but my, my boyfriend is black. The only reason why I'm able to get an apartment is because of his credit score. I've had more guns from police officers pointed at me in my car than he's ever had. He's a police officer now. So being in the South, I'm, you know, we're used to all types of people. It's funny because we were, t- when y'all were talking about race earlier, this made me think of something that when I went up, when I went up North and when there was all people with pale skin, I went to a restaurant. I've never in the South, I've never experienced that where there's all white people in a restaurant. Usually I'm the only one with pale skin when I go into a restaurant. So it's just but funny for me. It's if, okay. So take me for instance, right? Mm-hmm. And how I appear. Yeah. You look like my cousin. And if I'm walking down, if I'm, huh? You look like my cousin, by the way. <laughs> I hope that's a good thing. On, on the way. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a super fucking cis white guy, right? Mm-hmm. And if I'm walking down the street wearing a red shirt and your boyfriend's walking down the same street wearing a red shirt and the cops get a phone call that there's a man in a red shirt threatening white women. Which one do you think the cops are going to be more aggressive in apprehending? Me or your boyfriend? Is it a black man or a white man uh, threatening white th- threatening a woman? That's not said. It's a it's a man it in a red matter. shirt. They don't man know. Man in a red shirt. There's two men in red shirts. One's white, one's black, and they're threatening white women. Which one do you think the cops are going to be a little more aggressive towards? And and I have to say, I have statistics to back up my opinion here. But go ahead. I, th- I think the police would um like I don't have to ask my boyfriend again, but I think the police would probably uh, they don't have like a good description of a suspect or whatever. They would go to the person who made the call and get a report from them. So. They're not there. They just got they got an anonymous tip from a payphone. Okay, so then my boyfriend's gonna drive by, go get some Dunkin' Donuts. Then, <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like we, I, yeah, yeah, we can deflect that, but we know statistically that police mm-hmm. are more likely to shoot and apprehend aggressively black men over white men. Or over white women. We know this. That is the privilege we're talking about. And you can disagree about it, but if you admit that because Dave Chappelle is straight, cisgendered, and wealthy, Mm -hmm. that's not saying those are his only categories. He also has categories where he's the underdog. But because of those three, those three do give him societal advantages, then how is he not 
capable of having those like what's the difference in your eyes between the word is it just the word is it semantics between societal well, advantage and privilege all right so i, I i'm not a wordsmith so fair enough and i'm asking i'm not trying to paint you into a box here <laughs> let me try and explain it because the best way i know how because i know somebody's okay. gonna misinterpret it but um all right so my mom immigrated here from thailand right on the eastern or western side of Thailand, there's a country called Burma. Burma has been at war for a long, long time, right? Very long time. Yes. Very, very dangerous. Very, very dangerous. So my mom came over here with my grandma. They called it winning the lottery. Coming to America was like winning the lottery for them. So by y'all saying that Dave Chappelle is more privileged than than us coming over here, it's like saying that, that we don't have a shot. That's what it feels like. It's like saying that no matter what I do, this person is always going to be a little bit more, and I just I don't believe that. I I believe that everybody if, is more or less on an equal footing right now. I mean, it's not perfect, but if we're both playing Monopoly and uh-huh. you start off with five hundred dollars and I start off with ten thousand dollars, it is still possible for you to totally kick my ass and win Monopoly. But mm-hmm. you have to admit, I've got an advantage. Yeah, and that's kind of what I'm talking about. Is Dave Chappelle has an incredible amount of money and fame, and doesn't have to deal with being gay. Was he always? And that gives him a lot of. Did he always have? No, not at all. So, no, no. He he comedy has changed a lot. He was a poor comic that came up through the ranks. He has spent his time building his career. Just because someone has lifted themselves out of one category and into another category does not make them not privileged when they get there. I would definitely say his privilege has increased as his career has succeeded. But, but that's all I mean is like, is his privilege at one point is different at another point. And that's not to say that, that he doesn't have privilege. He has privilege. He has, he's straight, he's male and he has a lot of money. Yeah. Well, and there's the trick he has. Too, is, he ha- is that you we- and I and all of us have hardships that Dave Chappelle never will because of his money, and he has hardships that none of us ever will. Like Absolutely. that's the thing is that's why it's on a spectrum. But when and that's where that punching down thing um, kicks in because it's not to say that Dave Chappelle is at an elevated position above gay people or anything like that. It's that he does not have to share in their struggles. It, it would be the same as if I went on a tirade about how lazy and terrible people of color are. That would be punching down because I'm white and society sees me as white. I don't have to deal with the issues that come with being a person of color. So I was just thinking about like, while you were saying that it was just working like rattling in my brain. What if we're thinking, mm-hmm. what if I'm thinking through of, of privilege through the lens of like, say trauma, right? So trauma, mm-hmm. when we experience trauma, um, and I'm, and I'm just going to throw it out there, like not, not saying that you've ever been victim of sexual assault, but it, say you have, and I have, those two experiences are going to be different. We're going to experience those experiences differently. hundred percent. So absolutely. I would so absolutely agree Chappelle, that trauma counts as privilege. Yeah, absolutely. Well, but is Chappelle's experience like maybe all right so are we experiencing privilege too in the same way so like somebody's hardships they don't see that as privilege my my words aren't working tonight but do you, you get what i'm trying to say it would have to be related like that's the thing it's like so i would agree with you right to give an example of what i think you're trying to say here is like someone who's a victim of sexual assault and someone who's not that person who has not been a victim of sexual assault 
does enjoy a privilege of not carrying that trauma with them and having to deal with the psychological lifelong consequences of it and it impacting their, their future life. Is, is that kind of what you're talking about? Mm, kind of, but I'm saying like, all right, so what if you and I both were, right? Okay. And and the trauma for for you, you're able to, to it doesn't affect your work life, it doesn't affect your home life. Um, you don't have to go on medications. You don't have any experiences of PTSD. You don't see the shadow people in, in the corner of your eye. Mm-hmm. I experience all those things. So we both okay. have the same place. We, we both come from the same place. I don't have more privilege than you do on paper because we both have experienced trauma. But the way that the trauma affects me makes us unbalanced. Yes, I would agree. But then that would make me, that would give me a privilege over you because I have the privilege of not having that trauma ruin, like harm and impact my day-to-day life. But does that mean you don't get to have an opinion about how trauma? Oh, I can totally have an opinion about it. What it means, I don't get to go up there for an hour and talk a whole bunch of shit about sexual assault survivors and then cry and whine like a little child when people say I'm an asshole. Because that's what happened. It's like he has the right to have those opinions, but he decided to make it public and to profit. He decided to make millions of dollars being a dick. And again, he has the right to have those opinions, but we have the right to say he's a piece of shit and tell him we don't want to watch his fucking specials anymore. So we are advocates for the working class. All right. And we believe one of the things, at least I believe, is the only way we're really going to affect change is by using our wallets. Like I don't, I, I, the more time goes on, I don't believe that uh, simple voting is enough. I think it, in a system, dom- capitalist system dominated by money, the only thing that the people in power respond to is a loss of their money. And by withholding that from corporations and by making your voices heard, that's how you can affect change. And that's what's happening with Dave Chappelle. People are threatening to withdraw from Netflix, threatening to to withdraw from places that are going to give him a platform. And I don't really think there's anything more capitalist than that in a way, because it's literally people, it's the market deciding. The market has decided and they've decided Dave Chappelle is a piece of shit that shouldn't have a platform. I mean, again, but let's even if we take it away from Chappelle, right? Let, let's say uh, Ari, what what fast food establishment do you eat at on a regular basis? Like, where do you like to go sometimes? Uh, Sonic. Sonic. All right, Sonic's dope. I am all about the uh, I'm all about the cherry limeade slush, man. Mm-hmm. So let's say you go to Sonic, but every time you go to the Sonic near your house, every single time, the person comes out on the roller skates, hands you your food, and takes a piss on your car. Are you not allowed to say, fuck this Sonic, and I'm not going to fucking eat here anymore, and I'm going to talk a bunch of shit about how much this Sonic sucks, because every time I come here, they take a piss on my car, is and it, I think that sucks. Is a Sonic that's in San Francisco? <laughs> that's what's happening in, 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 in with Chappelle, is mm. we're saying we don't like what you say, and just as he has a right to his opinion, I think the rest of us have a right to our opinion, pro or against. And it seems incredibly hypocritical for him to talk all this shit and talk about how people are too sensitive. And then when anybody doesn't like what he has to say, he turns into the world's greatest snowflake and cries about not getting invited to parties and how nobody wants to give him more money. Yeah. Well, I'm not. Well, then don't piss on people's cars. (laughs) (laughs) What was that, Ari? I said, I'm definitely not going to give him a platform. Yeah. And I, I, he has the right to say it, but I, I think it's, I don't know. The, the idea that we have to defend Chappelle's rights 
His rights aren't in question. The government is not showing up to cart him off to jail. Private companies have decided they don't want to deal with him. And there's plenty of people out there that I think, in, even in the trans community, Ari, that I think take your position. Like, I think there's plenty that I think not only would agree with you, but want to talk to Chappelle. They want that they firmly believe that if they can just talk to him enough and inform him enough, his opinion will change. Now, personally, based on what I've heard, I don't think that's the case. I think Chappelle is locked into the way he believes, and I don't think any amount of information in the world is going to change that. Uh, for instance, the whole thing about gender, like it, it's a five minute Google search to understand the bullet points of the nuances of gender. We've known about th- this stuff has been going around for years. Granted, gender itself, the distinction between gender and biological sex only really started to become more mainstream in the 70s. So it's relatively new in that regard. But it's really not hard to find this stuff out. Like I started learning about these con. like when I was when I was in high school, like we're talking about going on 20 years now when I was graduating high school. Uh, a little bit the same for you guys, Chris and, <gasps> and Kay. But like, I remember growing up and, and, and derogatory terms like tranny and things like that were going around and they were part of the normal and using gay as a means of, you know, referring to synonymous with the lesson. Oh, yeah. With the lesson, it was yeah. Very it much hasn't, so. It hasn't changed. I work with yeah. high school kids every day. They yeah, I, I agree. But you know what has changed? We did. You want to know why we grew up and we realized, oh shit, the words we're using are causing harm. And then we started looking it up. And this is before Google and things like that were big. Like I'm dating myself here, but Google didn't really become mainstream until like 2004, 2006. I graduated in 2002. I know you guys graduated before that. I just started asking questions and doing whatever I could to learn about this stuff. And I realized, oh shit, words have meaning and they actually affect people. Maybe I should be careful about how I use them. And I don't do that shit anymore. And and that, and and, the, and that synonymous thing has changed in American culture. Like 20, 30 years ago, you could go on national television and oh. so, Eminem is a perfect example. Eminem was a mainstream guy, made a shit ton of money, like went on talk shows, called things gay. Like they got totally okay. That would not fly in 2021. Eminem's no. had to dial it back. Like Eminem's had to even be like, hey, I was shitty. Like everyone's had to do this. And so it's like, I agree. I mean, high school kids are fucking trash. That's not going to change. That That is as constant as death and taxes. I agree with you, Ari. But <laughs> in modern, in popular culture, that very much has changed. Chappelle's jokes about trans people would not have caused this uproar 15 years ago. Hell, five years ago, they yeah. probably wouldn't have caused this uproar. I mean, again, Stonewall happened because it was a controversy when trans people were like, can we stop getting murdered for existing? That'd be cool. They had to fight cops over yeah. that issue. But you know, I'd rather hear I'd rather hear somebody say how they feel than like Eminem. Like I don't know if he's genuine about apolo- apologizing for saying the f word back then and stop using it now. Maybe he's just saying that because his record sales were dropping off or people were Maybe. calling him out. So I'd rather like. But the effect is that he shut the fuck up, and I like that. Yeah, his behavior still changed regardless of why. Yeah. And his behavior is what's damaging. His public behavior. Because even if even if only 10 kids heard him apologize and be like, oh shit, maybe maybe I really, if Eminem is wrong about it, maybe I need to rethink it. That's worth it in my opinion. It's yeah. not even that. Good let's point. just say he changed no hearts and minds. Let's, right? let's just say every single person on the planet heard him apologize and went, nah, it's for the money. I don't care. I'm not going to change anything. That's fine. He's at least stopped causing harm. Like maybe the fire didn't go out, but you stopped setting people's houses on fire. And that is at least something. And I would say that's progress. Like, I would agree with you. It's not done. The work is very much not done. 
You know, you can go up there and be a transphobic asshole and get paid millions of dollars on Netflix. Clearly, we haven't hit the finish line, but I would say we've made a lot of progress. Now, something I, I, I you know, if we're going to talk about trans issues that I think we also have not made progress on, weirdly, is the bathroom issue. Oh, God. <laughs> like, nothing weirds me out more than how much conservatives freak out about the bathroom because... I gotta tell you, Ari, I would be way more weirded out by someone who looks like you coming into the men's room versus someone with a beard who has an F on their birth certificate. Like, I would way rather pee next to a trans woman than a trans man. Which ironically was an argument Chappelle made, and it's one of those cases of, like, almost getting it. Yeah, I'm sorry. So close. Yeah, it's like it, it, it's so close, and it makes no sense because, like, all, all I could think, like, there's only two things. It's like, well, you, you know, you have to pee with. It's like, well, again, I would rather pee with someone who is male appearing than female appearing. First of all, and it's not that big of an issue. Like, even then, it wouldn't be the end of the world. But I find it really weird that we're putting people who are female presenting and wearing dresses into the men's room. And saying, that's where you belong. It's really fucking weird. And then the other one is always like, well, the children. It's like, what are you doing in the bathroom? <laughs> the kids are watching. Like, what are you? I find it really telling. Like, if you're like, but the kids in the bathroom. It's like, what's happening in your bathroom? Because when I go to the bathroom, I'm not interacting with children at all. Except awkward eye contact while we're washing hands. Well, yeah. And I was, <laughs> when this stuff was, was mainstream news a few years back, the biggest argument I heard is, oh my God, rapes and molestations are going to go up. And I'm just like, wait, 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 stop, 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 stop. You guys think that people that want to rape rape women and molest children are so law abiding that they need to be legal for women to go in a man's bathroom and men to go in a, like that's what's stopping them. Like this is your mindset. Like that's, that's the border. Like, Man, Rapes we, and, should really, yeah. we should really make murder illegal. Yeah, that, that would we, solve we murder, right? That. Yeah. You know who made a big deal about uh, about the trans bathroom thing? <laughs> lots of people, but yeah. Well, lots of people, yeah. But ironically, my uncle. And not for the, <laughs> not for the way y'all were thinking, not for the way that. So, like, we live in, like, rural Florida, very conservative, southern. So he, whenever, like, we would go to, like, a, a restroom, he'd be posted up to protect me in case some... Um, you know, person that says, oh, I'm not going to let some trans person go in there with my daughter. Meanwhile, my my uncle used to fly like a rebel flag on his truck. He used to, and, and I, get, I get the whole thing, like rebel flag is stands for. Oh, like, he's a big Star Wars fan or you mean the traitors? Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was just curious if you meant like using the force against imperialism or people who think black people should be slaves. I, I haven't heard that, that that joke since the war, Northern aggression, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It took me a while to get that out, but I got it. Oh, um, hey, I've got a hot take. I actually think we should have let the South secede. I actually think the Civil War yeah. was a bad thing. <laughs> let's let's not go into that one right now. <laughs> but yeah, you gotta it, be I don't careful, know. Ari, because any any mention of history will bring out that that Chris soapbox quicker than anything. Uh, I, we're we're all learning, learning uh, meeting each other for the first time, but Chris is a history major, and our, our, he usually gives historical context for things on mm-hmm. our podcast. So uh, if you reference anything historical, he's he's gonna have a hot take. <laughs> but yeah, so he he flies the slaver flag. Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> but you know his best friend is black, so it's kind of it's one of those weird like southern things. You, you, you it have happens to... a lot. Do these people in the clan marry to black people? It's really weird. It's because they don't associate the flag with what it actually stands for. 
Oh. Yeah, yeah. When when they look at that flag, Cognitive they dissonance. don't see hate like we do. You know, I, I see hate with it, but some of my well, family... Yeah, that's they, literally they why it exists. It's not even a real flag. It existed only to fight the civil rights well, movement. The Army of Northern okay. Virginia. Anyway, right? let's get back to the story <laughs> at hand. Oh, so my uncle, but my uncle, yeah, he would be up there protecting me while I was going to the bathroom. And I've been going to the bathroom quite a lot from all the Sonic I eat, and it's... <laughs> I've never had a pro- I've never had a problem until I went up north, and I'm sorry to bang out, like to, to hammer on up folks from up north, but I've never have any, never have had anybody question me going to the bathroom, and that's going to the bathroom with super conservative Cuban people. There's a lot of Cuban people here in Florida, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so they're more conservative than, than anybody I know in my family, and they're super super cool. Like, don't apologize about the North thing. Like, this is something you're not going to catch us on, on the opposite side on. It's like this idea that if you just go North or go West, you're suddenly eliminated all the racism and bigotry there is. Yeah. is so, suddenly you're in liberal town. Like, that's that's just not true. We're in California and half of this state is like cousin fucking banjo territory. I mean, like, or- Orange County, for instance, which is the county that Disneyland is in, is known for being a hub of white supremacy and just awfulness. It's the only place in California Trump campaigned. Yep. And again, the entire no, he was center in Simi Valley this, too. No, no, he popped by. He did an official campaign on the first campaign the, in, in in the in the first one. Oh, okay. In 2016 okay. in Orange County, I was there, not wearing a red hat. Um, <laughs> I was literally waving a red flag. Wait, actually. Was that when? Was that the day you punched the Nazi? No, no, I punched the Nazi. No, no, no. Those are Trump supporters. They're diet Nazis. No, no, um, I punched an actual Nazi. Uh, that was in Laguna Beach. Gotcha. Uh, hypothetically, didn't actually happen. It was yeah. in Minecraft. Yeah, in theory, in theory, in Minecraft, yeah. in Minecraft. Yeah. I punched a Nazi in Minecraft. Um, I'm just kidding. I, I actually don't think allegedly is bullshit. I punched Nazis. Uh, my grandfather killed them, and that was American's apple pie. And I continue the tradition. Fuck Nazis. They're not people. Anyway, I would ask you felt only threatened when you went north and, and that's that's your experience it's valid but it is anecdotal as hell because it, it's a five second google search to tell you which states have the most hate crimes against trans people uh, and they're not the north what states are they let's find out let's do that five second google search while we're <laughs> all together so trans yeah. tell me if i need to restock on ammo or not because if it's florida <laughs> yes you do always, the always restock on sister. ammo always you know, while they're doing that because because you mentioned your poor gun pro gun i got a little anecdote story from my own i, I was actually i've gotten more left as i've, I've befriended uh chris and Kay. i used to be very anti-gun the, the typical liberal uh stance and it wasn't until they started taking me out shooting that I, I i flipped on this issue because it's so much fucking fun um, Chris recently bought an AK-47, which was an absolute blast to shoot. Like I'm saving up to get my own. It, it's fun. Okay, real quick. Here, here's so. Oh yeah, God, I love my AK. But yes, I'm very pro gun. Um, but let's go ahead and and just pulling it up. Okay, number fifty. Right. And by the way, this is a uh, uh, USA Today doing a study uh, with this uh, with uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center. So it's not just like some asshole's blog I'm reading from. By the way. Number 50, worst state for LGBTQ and trans people, Alabama. Number 49, Wyoming. Number 48, Montana. Do you see we're, we're going through ones, a nice- wait, Hold on, just to clarify. Are the ones on the bottom the worst and the ones at the top yes. the best? Okay. No, no, Alabama is not the best, bro. So 
Alabama's the worst at 50, 49, Wyoming, 48, Montana, 47, North Dakota, 46, Kentucky, 45, South Dakota, 44, Idaho. I'm still waiting for a single blue state to pop up, by the way. 43, Michigan, 42, Tennessee, 41, Kansas, uh, 40, South Carolina, 39, our favorite most slave state ever, Mississippi, 38, Nebraska, 37, Arkansas, 36, Ohio. Hey, we found a purple state. Was it <laughs> Michigan that? blue, though? Huh? Was it Michigan blue? No, no. No. Detroit is blue. <laughs> yeah. Um, Michigan, I think, has Michigan gone Democrat. Michigan is Democrats, rural as hell. Michigan yeah. is, is, is still red. So 36, Ohio. 35, Virginia. 34, Arizona. 33, North Carolina. Arizona is a red state. It turned blue for Trump. It'll be voting red at this next election. 32, Missouri. 31, Louisiana. 30, West Virginia, also known as the shittier Virginia. 29, Oklahoma. 28, Indiana. 27, Texas. 26. I'm still waiting for this blue state. Yeah, 26, Alaska. 25, here we go, here it is. Pennsylvania. Now, only in the last couple elections, but 25. We had to get through half the country before we got to the first blue state. And it's Pennsylvania's as blue as... Is I am pretty. Is like, hmm. I know you're pretty beautiful, man. And then 24, Ari's home state of Florida, which, hey, I'm impressed. I actually thought I'd see Florida in the 40s. Actually, that might inform kind of some of, I mean, I have, are you a Florida native? I'm just curious. Yeah. Okay. I'm so sorry. That, that, that might actually I inform. Well, I'm so a, here's I'm what I know about Florida. Florida. I actually, I used to, when I was traveling, I used to work for a company based out of Deerfield Beach. Um, so I've been to certain places in Florida. There, there's a couple of things I know. One, Florida man, Florida man is a thing. And I've met him several times and it was a different person each time. <laughs> I have also met Florida man. Also with Florida, I know the further north you get, the more south you are, uh, is, is somewhere along the running joke. Like That's a joke, but it's not true. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that's that's what I know about Florida. Um, oh yeah, and then of course, huge with a, with a Cuban immigrant population. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> Proximity. Okay, real quick. I just I just I gotta finish this list because it's so juicy. <laughs> twenty three Wisconsin, twenty two Utah, twenty one Georgia. Also surprised that's not lower. Here we go. Here's our first super blue state, Hawaii, number twenty. Really? Well, here we're at number twenty. It's going to be almost all blue states now because they're on the list. No, I know. I'm just. I, I, I would have thought Hawaii would, <laughs> you would be thought higher they were up. More, li- more. Uh, uh, there's a lot of rich conservatives who retire in Hawaii. Fair number nineteen, and also like to be fair, Hawaiians really don't like non-native people. So, yeah. Who knows what the hate crime was about? But anyway, 19, Washington, 18, Iowa, 17, New Jersey, 16, Connecticut, Minnesota, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Colorado at 12, Maryland at 10. Top 10, here we go. Best places to be gay, Rhode Island, number 9, Illinois, number 8, Maine, number 7, New Mexico, number 6, Delaware, damn it, number 5, California. I thought we were going to be top 3. Number 4, Oregon? Well, yeah. I was going to say, Oregon, Colorado. Did you already say Colorado? Yeah, New okay. York is number three, Vermont is number two, and number one place to be queer, Sin City, Nevada. Huh. It's got a 5.5%, the second highest LGBTQ population at 127,000. Um, two per 100,000 LGBTQ built, 22nd highest in total. Um, 
It has a relatively low share of hate crimes motivated by gender identity or sexual orientation. It also has nearly all laws suggested by HRC for LGBTQ rights, including non-discrimination laws, parenting laws, statutes against hate crimes, and those ensuring protections for health care access. Nevada passed 34 laws protecting the rights and safety of its LGBTQ residents from 2009 to 2019, and the state also has no laws considered infringing on those protections, according to the HRC. So there you go. That's our list. So Florida is not that terrible of a place, but the South is. <laughs> I love the South. I wouldn't live anywhere else, even in Alabama. It's actually there. when I was when I was traveling there a lot. It's the closest climate I've come to to California. Actually, no, not Alabama even close. Or Florida, uh, Florida of the of the southern states or or the East Coast. Yeah. What time of year were you there? Uh, during the summer, it was still it was not as humid as like uh, I've been to South Carolina in the middle of summer. That was fucking awful. Uh, but Florida was I've been bad. To Maryland, the Georgia, Carolina. It's impressive. Florida, it Florida was, gets humid. It, maybe I got there on a expect. good week. Like it wasn't bad. Yeah. It was really nice. Yeah. No. No. I, it was simply a man. I've been there and it was awful. And I've been there and the weather was bad too. Time. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I've been there like five times in the last seven years uh, i've been to miami and, orlando ooh. and deerfield beach all three were actually really nice but those like miami and orlando are like vacation spots so it's like you can't say that's florida like any more than anybody can say come to like disneyland here and say oh i've been to california uh, you've been i've to been disneyland. to miami miami's popping yeah yeah miami's yeah. nice I, I don't like miami too much and then there's Clearwater with all the scientologists yeah let's stay away from there it's humid and hubbard <laughs> So anyway, um, but we digress. Is there anything you want to talk about? Well, as far as trans issues, I can weigh in on like trans sports. If y'all wanted to talk about that. Oh, that's actually a <laughs> that good is such one. a good topic. That'd be great. Fuck yeah. Oh. Hit me. What's your hot take, Ari? Uh, trans people should be allowed to play sports. Yes. <laughs> Couldn't well, agree more. Yeah. It's about goddamn Duh. time we agreed about something. All right. I love it. Yeah. I um, I find the argument that trans people shouldn't be in sports the stupidest thing in the world because sports is about testing who's got the best, you know, advantage, whether it's tactical or biological. Yeah, like, but you're, you're it, against the concept of, of splitting up uh, the, the different genders in sports anyway, right? I, I am. I, I actually am. I think that we shouldn't gender identify in sports at all. Like, I don't think we need to find out who the fastest man and the fastest woman are. How about we just find out who the fastest person is? Like, why don't we just have sport? Because I got to tell you, man, have you seen the Russian women's weightlifters? They could pick me up and yeet me into orbit. And I'm a big dude. Like, it has, like, granted, sure, maybe some people have an advantage based on some biological sex characteristics they had at some point. But so what? I mean, again, the argument then is, okay, so then should we not let tall people play basketball? Should we not let strong people weightlift? Do you think if Should I if I own my own league, I can exclude trans people though? Like, so I play professional, semi-professional football. I used mm -hmm. to play Team USA baseball, and I used to play professionally in Australia. Um, so if it, uh, Team USA is a nonprofit, it's a little different. But like, so if I own the WFA, the Women's Football Alliance, um, could I exclude trans people since it's a private business? Um, no. For the same reason, you can't not let black people eat at your lunch counter. Okay. Do you believe I mean, a restaurant should not allow people of color inside? No. It's a private business. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's... Should a bus not, not let black people ride it? 
because we ha- we had this we had this fight in this country before. So there, there yeah. is a league in the United States, the Women's National Football Conference. I don't know if they changed their their regulations in the past year or so, but they do not allow. It's a professional football league for women. They do not allow trans athletes to participate. Well, that sucks. They shouldn't do that. I think they should be sued for discrimination. So it might be changed now, but I know probably a few years ago it was a little different. Yeah. But. Um, and I, I know the laws are a little different on providing a public service versus having – because then at a certain point you have to decide is a private sports team a club or a service? you know. And if that's the case, well, then okay. But like what about you know fraternal and maternal you – know, fraternal you know, men's organizations mm-hmm. like the, the Elks or the Masons, which by the way, Masons allow trans men more woke than women's football. Old men, yeah, but <laughs> you do run that risk. Of like, at what point do you have to draw a line where a private organization is allowed to be for one thing? Because I do agree, like, you should be allowed to have. I understand the want to have the men's organization, the women's organization, that kind of thing, but I feel like the idea of allowing an exclusion about trans people. It, it, it's it's making it's it's kind of like saying like okay we need to make laws about not littering on the beach in Arizona. Talk about a problem that doesn't exist, and they act as if like trans people are just like trying to infiltrate all the cis spaces to scare them. Like we just can't wait to get into the bathrooms to pee on your children, and we can't wait to join your fucking baseball leagues just to piss you off, and we can't wait to join your men's organization. Bullshit. People want to go where they can go, you know, like, okay, all right, as let me ask you, as a trans woman, do you have a whole lot of interest in joining men's organizations? Is that something you're just like fucking can't wait to get into? No. You really want to join the fraternal order of moose? (laughs) No. (laughs) Or or would you rather do things that, 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 that align with your gender identity? Unless the fraternal order of moose is like a BDSM club, then maybe (laughs) I'll join it. But well, that would be dope. But, (laughs) Oh, million dollar idea. K note that. Uh, We might run into issues with the name, but Uh, yeah, I'll I'll make a note, but yeah, I think the name's taken. (laughs) (laughs) But we could call ourselves the color. Fraternal order of moose knuckle. Can't, that's what I heard call my Wi-Fi. But, <laughs> um, but that's kind of my idea. Is, is it's, an, it's, an, it's, it's very much a non-issue. Like, again, to exclude trans people is not a non-issue. Like, that is something we need to work on. But this idea that, that there's, like, trans people just, just waiting to infiltrate. Like, like, like they're the fucking rats coming in the walls out of the rain. It's, it's so weird to me. Yeah. Because it's just not the issue at all. People simply want to participate in life that fits their identity. And it seems weird to me to go out of your way to put obstacles there. Yeah. Yeah. I usually don't think about trans issues until somebody brings it up to me, like saying either I can't go here or there. I can't join this or that. So usually, And you shouldn't fucking have to because you're a person and you're a woman and you're allowed to be that. It's so weird to me that anybody even wants to force that thought process. Yeah, as as far as uh, women in or trans women in sports are concerned, because I don't know that this to be a opposite issue, right? I don't know that there's a whole lot of trans men that are having problems in men's league, whatever. But I think that this is a majority of trans women competing in other in in women's sports, where 
non-trans women are feeling like it's an affront to them. And as far as I'm concerned, if you're a, a, a woman, if that's the, w- the way you identify, you're a woman and you get to compete as such, period. Well, I got a hot historical take that's going to piss off a lot of our women listeners. Women are the worst fucking advocates there are historically in America. No one is more of a selfish asshole than women's organizers. And let me back this up historically and why. Every single time, as which women are, women absolutely are an oppressed minority in this country. Always have been, still are. When, and I don't, I shouldn't say women because women of color have actually been some of the most badass motherfuckers. White women. Why? Let me see. This is this is this is this is how whitewashed you know our culture is. I instantly go to that. I'm pulling a Chappelle here. Yeah, white women are pretty shitty when it comes to solidarity. Susan B. Anthony, right? Everyone thinks of Susan B. Anthony as this hero of gaining women the right to vote. Susan B. Anthony was a vile racist. Susan B. Anthony was awful. So Frederick Douglass was really big on voting rights, and he thought that black people. And women needed to join forces to get the right to vote. So he actually became friends with Susan B. Anthony and was trying to help her get women the right to vote. And she was happy to accept his support in money and fame and had no interest in helping black people gain their right to vote. In fact, she actually has a very famous quote, uh, which I may miss a word or two, but the quote was basically, I would, I will cut off my own arm and leg before I will ever advocate for the Negro to have the right to vote. That's a Susan B. Anthony quote. And that's not, she said that when she was drunk at a party once, she wrote that publicly. And she was very, and so much so that so, she was the one who banned Sojourner Truth from speaking. And that's that famous tale of Sojourner Truth literally had to break in and storm the women's conference and pull her shirt open and scream out, am I not a woman? Like, the the women's suffrage movement was incredibly racist. And women's movements kind of always have always been about that one issue, and that's it. I mean, again, the biggest problematic uh, section in terms of trans rights tends to, in the LGBT community, statistically, is lesbians. They're the ones who make up the turf community. We see the women's protests all the time where white women are more than happy to come out and put on hand-knit pussy hats and fight about women's rights for one day in the streets and never get tear gassed, but they don't show up for anyone else. And I think that's one of the reasons why we might have an issue with trans women joining sports, but not trans men, because the white women don't really have solidarity. Thoughts? I could be wrong. You can disagree. I mean, you, you, what you said kind of threw me into a different way of thinking because I was thinking like who my biggest supporters are. If I could name like a group of people or if I could classify like white women or Asian women or Hispanic women or, or white cis white men or cis black men or whatever are my who are who is my biggest supporter group. And I can't name I can't. It's too scattered. Like, mm-hmm. so there's not an, a majority of women who are attacking me. It's not a majority of men who are attacking me. Uh, it's not a majority of white people or black people. It's mixtures of all that both support and kind of say derogatory things or have said derogatory things to me. So I don't know. I don't think blaming it on women is like the, cause I play like some of my, my teammates are my biggest, are, are the biggest supporters ever that like they're super okay playing with me, super okay being in the locker room with me. Super okay to listen to country music. So, 
and and allow me to say that I by no means am trying to say that white that women or white women are necessarily transphobic, and I'm not trying to say that to be what you have to be a woman to be that. I'm pointing out that typically when women are advocating for their own interests and rights and spaces against oppression, they tend not to care about anybody else's strife. Yeah. I was just saving you from some emails. <laughs> but I mean, again, historically speaking, like when you see the civil rights movement, black people had no problem advocating for the rights of other minorities and other oppressed groups. And, and, and you can look back look, again, look, you know, Stonewall. I mean, look, we, we have pride because a trans woman of color threw a brick at a cop. Like, that's why that exists. And they, you know, that became an all-inclusive movement. And it just, again, this is a hypothesis, but every time you see a woman's movement, it tends to be very undiverse and typically not very trans-friendly. And so I guess for me, like, you know, Matt brought up and, and we've all seen that there tends to be more of an issue with trans women in sports than trans men. And I think it kind of comes down to the privilege argument is that women have had to fight to have sports, right? I mean, you know, sporting in America was pretty much men only. Women were allowed to play like tennis and, you know, and fucking croquet. And like, that was it. You know, women were not allowed to play baseball and football and that kind of thing. They, 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 there were not private leagues, nor was there any kind of professional league. I think there was this time in like 1945 or 44. Yeah, during the World War II. But that was an exception. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as the war I'm was over, it was disbanded. Leagues. Tom Hanks made a movie no. about it. <laughs> but Tom Hanks the, pees in every movie. Do you, think, really do you think I have privilege? Because I grew up playing football. Um, I was able to play football and baseball like as a kid and grow up into it. And now I'm able to join a professional women's league versus... no. Privilege has nothing to do with an activity you played in. Privilege is about do you have a societal advantage over another and how you are perceived and treated because of that perception. So you do have privileges. We all do. No one is privileged and someone is not privileged. It's it's intersectionality. We all have different privileges that cross roads at different places. So So I think what you're talking about is the advantage that you had was is that you were able to play as a young person and learn the sport and then then translate that into how uh how and where you play as an adult yeah because right yeah is that what you're talking about yeah because we have great athletes like tremendous athletes all the time who don't know mm. how to run on like a draw play for example like the mm-hmm. basic iphone the the easiest like the basic thing that you learn in pop warner right so like women these great athletes they they're are they are they a little bit like disadvantaged and I'm a little bit more privileged because I was experienced. I've again come into privilege that. is not the right word, but yes, there is an advantage. I mean, hell, I played football in high school, loved it, but I didn't play pop Warner and I played with a whole lot of guys who did play pop Warner. And let me mm-hmm. tell you my first days in football, I was at a severe disadvantage because mm-hmm. I had no idea what the fuck anyone was talking about. I didn't know how to line up. I didn't know how to get to listen to a QB calling out. Like I didn't know any of this stuff, yeah. right? None of it. I couldn't figure out why the defensive line was the more aggressive one. It made no sense to me. Like I just, <laughs> I didn't know any of this shit because I didn't grow up playing it. So yeah, there is a disadvantage there that had nothing to do with my physical ability. Yeah. So yeah, you do have an advantage there, but that's what sports is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about teams getting together to pool their advantages 
and rise above others. And it's supposed to be a contest of advantage. Um, does it matter if I can if I can pay like like so like my family was able to pay for me to play Pop Warner and play for and pay for me to join like an AAU travel team, pay for me to to have private instructions versus somebody else that wasn't able to afford that. Is that a I don't think it matters in terms of you being allowed to be included. That definitely does give you an advantage. I'm still trying to sort out the well, and that's that's where it gets tricky is because I think like you hit on uh, that's what I was going to say is you hit on an interesting topic is because I think in a lot of instances, people hear privilege and the first thing they do is translate that to advantage. And while I do think privilege is inherent, it has inherent advantages, I don't necessarily agree that every single advantage you have equals you being privileged. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. Yeah, and so kind of. uh, like, I think being able to play football that, uh, at a young age, like Chris was saying, gives those guys an advantage over him uh, in being able to play football at a high school level. Um, that is not necessarily a privilege. However, if Chris was unable to play Pop Warner, even though he wanted to and could not because he was poor and financially disadvantaged growing up, yes, in that in that respect only, the other people that did have a privilege over him. They had they were lived in a more wealthy family. They came from more money. And so that money offered them uh, privileges and advantages that Chris could not get because of his socioeconomic class. And that's where, and that's where, like Dave Chappelle and his family have privilege that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Because of his wealth, his kids will get the finest private schooling, and they will mm -hmm. never have to worry about not eating at night, and and they won't have to have those struggles, mm -hmm. and will probably succeed better because not because they're better or worse than anyone else, but because they started from a higher platform and at a higher advantage. But yeah, so it's like. Yes, that's an advantage. But again, it doesn't bother me. I don't care. And that's why it doesn't bother me if trans people of either direction are playing any sport, because that's what sports is. Sports is people determining who did a better job and you bring those advantages. I mean, that's why there's a home field advantage. Because you're playing at your place. You didn't have to travel. You're used to the climate. You're used to the field. Like home field advantage is a real fucking thing. Probably got good rest because you mm -hmm. slept in your own bed. Yeah, like that's yeah. where that home field advantage comes in. Like when when you're talking about the NFL, right? When all of a sudden, you know, the the fucking you know the LA Rams have to go play a snow game against the Green Bay Packers, like they're at a disadvantage because these dudes don't play in snow a lot. And that's where that you know again, people hire better or worse coaches. Like there's a million advantages. So to sit there and worry about well, you had an advantage because you had different hormones when you were younger and there's a different letter on your birth certificate. Like that is that is the least of your worries if you're trying to tactically play another team, in my opinion. But again, I, I think the, the ultimate point that I want to get at is I think when you're in the public sector and, and you're talking about comics especially, they boil these issues down to the to, the, to such – simplistic terms and then get it wrong for the sake of a joke. And don't get me wrong. You're a comic. That's kind of what you have to do in order to make the joke work. But you know what? You don't need to be an ass. You don't need to base your joke off of inherent falsehoods in order to be funny. And that's where I take issue with, with Chappelle and others like him. Cause I think to go back to what Chris was saying, I think when Chappelle says she's coming after, or they're coming after my people, I think he's talking about comics because there's a, if you want to talk about fucking crybaby snowflakes, comics in this last decade, have been the biggest whiner baby bitches that I have ever seen. <laughs> we can't go to colleges anymore. Well, 
Why? They don't want us because they can't take it. They're a bunch of snowflakes. <laughs> well, wait, wait. What are they saying that's wrong? Oh, we said a bunch of bigoted, racist, and sexist shit. And they just didn't like that. We can't go. Um, wait, what? Wait, yeah, there's your problem. <laughs> and, and well, it's, it's kind of—I mean, look at you know, who was the, who was one of the number one comics in the last couple of years. John Mulaney. That guy's got more money than God. Everyone loves him. He's famous as fuck, right? Like his his audio is used all over like social media, like Facebook and TikTok. Mm-hmm. You know, he started he starts in everything. You know, he's in Big Mouth. He's, doing, he's just his voice is in like Big Mouth in the Spider Man movie. And everyone fucking loves John Mulaney. His Netflix specials have made four millions for him. That dude's wholesome as shit. Like, yes, he does make occasional jokes about sucking dick for drugs, but, like, he doesn't, again, he's not punching down on anybody. He's not sitting there going, I'm going to drop the N-word a bunch or talk shit about an underprivileged group. And he's made a fortune. So it's not about you're not allowed to be funny because that guy's fucking hilarious. No. He makes jokes about Bill Clinton, you know, like that kind of thing. That's where you're supposed to be. And to sit there and say, like, boo-hoo, I dressed up as Hitler and read from Mein Kampf, and now the Jewish Community Center doesn't like me anymore. Well, that's consequences for your fucking actions, man. I thought John Mulaney had something against him recently. Yeah. Couple years, Didn't he, like, so. peed on his wife or some shit? Like, something he like left, that. He, he left his wife and now he's banging Olivia Bunn. Like, hey, woo-hoo, boo-hoo, whatever. Yeah, surprise. Again, I don't care about the private lives of these dudes. It's kind of like yeah. when people are like, oh, he cheated on his wife. I can't vote for him for president. It's like, who gives a shit? Yeah. I can't, what are their policies? Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't, I, God, I remember having that conversation with my mom when we were voting, which is, you know, couldn't, couldn't bring herself to vote for Gavin Newsom because he had an affair with his wife. It's like, dude, you can like Gavin Newsom. You can hate Gavin Newsom, but you should make that decision based on what he's doing for the state, not whether or not he's banging his wife or anything. Who cares? Yeah, please let that not be the reason why. But it goes back to this obsession we have with with people's sex lives. Like that's the other thing too. Is like it, that's a good example of it, this idea of being obsessed with the sex lives and private parts of everybody else. I will never fucking understand it. What is between your legs has no effect on my life at all. Period. End of story. And, and even something as far as or who you go. love, yeah, or who or you love, or what, any of that stuff, or what league you play football in, or baseball, or whatever else. It it has nothing to do with me. Well, and even something as simple as pronouns is is beyond me. Like, but again, like we talked about this, I think last week or a couple of weeks ago. It's like my full name is Matthew. None of my friends call me Matthew. They all call me Matt. That's just, and if they call me Matthew and I say, can you call me Matt? Everyone's instantly like, oh yeah, sure. I'll call you Matt. It's that simple. If I use incorrect pronouns and somebody goes, oh, it's, it's, it's she, her. Oh, cool. It's literally that simple. And that's one of the other things I take issue with, with the right uh, on the other side of this is they try to make it out to me. Everything's so complicated. I don't understand. It's not complicated. It's really easy. Okay, I like I understand maybe making a mistake. If you get corrected, accept it, correct yourself, and, and move, move on. the hell on. Yeah, and quit being a fucking crybaby about it. Yeah. Do y'all do y'all think that like so? Say like I'm I'm talking to a guy right, and I tell him that I haven't had surgery yet. Do you think he's transphobic if he doesn't um, want to have sex with me? No. Uh, okay, it, it, it depends. Um, and, and I've actually had this conversation because I, I kind of see the validity of both sides. You're allowed to have preference, right? You're allowed to say, I don't want to have sex with that genitalia. You're, you, that, that's fine. You're allowed to say that. But then you can't say, like, I'm only attracted to women. You can't say, because no, you are specifically calling out parts and that's okay again you're allowed to have that 
preference. But I got to tell you, I, I, when you flip it around, okay, so what about a pre-op trans man? There's a vagina. That's what you're attracted to. So you better go lick that beard, right? And I think you're right. Like I get, I agree. So if what I'll say is is no. Like and here's and let me give you an example. Like using myself for example, recognizing that that this is a spectrum and that you have varying degrees. I think I'm as far of the not liking dick spectrum as you can possibly be. The only dick that I want in a relationship is my own, and even that I go back and forth on. For me, like. I can understand not wanting that preference. So if the person is like, okay, well, that's a deal breaker for me. I, I enjoyed our time together, but that's not really something I'm into. And, they, and and they're respectful of you and they continue using your pronouns and don't do anything to harm you or put you in danger and continue to be respectful of you. Yeah, I'm cool. If the moment you reveal that to the person and the first thing they do is start calling you a man or being a dick or doing something to put you in harm's way or to harm you, fuck that person. They're an evil piece of shit. And I don't care what happens to them. Like th there are nuances in the situation. I think the way a person reacts is, is a big component to that. Okay. I have a better question for you, Matt. And because mm -hmm. this is where I think the nuance lies. Cause like, okay. I think what you said is correct, but I think that's, that's, that's an easy one. That, that's a no brainer. Mm -hmm. So here's the better question. You go out on a date, the beautiful woman. She's great. You like her. She's nice. Smells good. Laughs at your terrible jokes. Kind of girl you could bring home to mom. It. And you guys have a great night. You have a beautiful dinner. You make out. Oh, my God. She's a terrific kisser. It's fantastic. And then you find out she's a trans woman. And there is some sausage. I thought you were going to say conservative. How do you feel? I think my wife <laughs> no, might have some questions. Throw up at that. I think my wife might have a few questions. <laughs> but, again, seriously, hypothetically, like, so, at that point, then, how do you feel about that experience you just had? So, I don't feel bad. And let me explain why. Because... Up until that point, and even beyond that point, I have viewed this person as a woman, okay? I still view this person as a woman. I was attracted to her because I'm a guy who's attracted to women, and I was attracted to a woman. Like, I don't feel bad about myself. Like, I'm a, I'm a comfortable dude with my sexuality. This kind of thing doesn't bother me. I'm not going to suddenly have some internal crisis thinking that I'm secretly gay because I made out with a trans woman and was attracted to her. I think that take is idiotic and stupid. But upon finding out with the trans, she was a trans woman. Would you then continue dating? So, I probably not. And I think that's kind of the bigger and, question. Yeah, and probably not. And again, because for the reasons I said earlier, I, it's not that I would suddenly stop being attracted to her. But when it comes, like, in order for any relationship to be successful, you have to agree there has to be a healthy sexual component, right? And when it comes to sex, that's not something I'm interested in sexually. I'm not saying I couldn't be friends with this person. I'm not saying that you know we couldn't continue a friendship. But like. At that point, I, I do th imagine myself being turned off, you know, sexually, not like turned off from her, from them as a person. But like once I realize that, th that there is a penis involved here, that's not something that I want. But I think that's where it comes down to. Does that actually qualify as, as transphobic? And I don't mean that isn't a slur or, or a, an attack on you. But at that point, if trans women are women there is a, there is a different setting there of like, okay, for instance, if you say like, I, I only like, uh, I only like thick women. Like I want to, I want, I want to, I want to, I want a hell of a caboose. Right. Okay. That's what I'm attracted to. I like, butt. butts are dope. And I like a girl that I can bounce a quarter off that butt. That's what I want. For the record, want he's butt. describing my wife. <laughs> right. But 
you meet a girl and she's great and you start dating her and then it turns out uh i don't know she, she stuffed her butt and and she doesn't have a great butt she's a terrible butt she's a flat butt terrible butt she's like a crack in the back like me terrible butt awful butt like a frog stood up and put pants on yeah right <laughs> that's amazing the question is would you be as ready to suddenly be unattracted to that person and again this isn't an attack this is human psychology and how we think and again we have to condition ourselves around these thought experiments because if your reaction to finding out a trans woman um versus a woman who has a smaller butt than you thought or doesn't have a sweet bedonker then there's a difference and that difference has nothing to do with anatomy that has to do with how you see trans women as potential partners. Well, and again, no, it's a good question. I don't, I don't disagree with that. So we're talking about in terms of the beginning of a relationship right now, I, that this is going to be a little bit of a different answer and I think it's going to beg more questions. I would also not be interested in this person, but not because they have a flat ass because it's the beginning of the date and they like all of a sudden I'm peeling off layers and I'm like, why would you feel the need to hide that? I, I probably, I don't know if I would write off the relationship right then, but I, I'd be questions like, why did you feel the need to hide that with trans people? I, with trans women, I understand the need to not reveal that right off the bat. Like I don't even think it's about revealing. I think it's about, it's not your business. Like, I mean, do you walk into a first date and be like, here's my dick measurement? No, not at all. That'd be nice. though. If you like. Yeah. <laughs> God, no, I and, never get and, a second. Again, it's good questions. <laughs> I, I'm thinking on the spot. And again, part of this is hard too. It's because like I, I've been married for like nine years now. So like this isn't stuff I had to think about. Like it, it's after the fact. Yeah. But again, I'm being put the spot. Like I, I, if I'm, it, when we're in the moment of sex, like the idea of having a penis there, that doesn't do it for me. That that is a deal breaker for me. Now I can tell you this. I've also thought about it. If it's a post off tra- post op trans woman, and after the fact she decided like we like uh, let me give you a count of that. Like we've been dating even new or old. Like we've been dating and having sex for years, or we've just started dating and they reveal it right then and there. Either t- whatever point, I have a hard time finding myself breaking it off at that point because I don't care. Like. Yeah, but again, and then and that's not. I'm, I'm trying to shoehorn you, but yeah. that's where a lot of that comes into. Is yeah. people say like, "Well, no," and this, and I'm not trans. And it's like, "Well, would you date a trans woman?" It's like, "Well, no." It's like, is "Well, she, hold on a thick? second," because is that is, is she thick? I love that one. But like, seriously, because if the answer is no, that's fine. But that is a transphobic thought, and it's you know, again, this isn't new. We've had I mean, again, this, this happened a lot in the '60s and '70s around America, where it was. I completely believe in the civil rights movement. I believe black people are people; they're completely equal. They deserve everything. Hey, your daughter is dating a black guy. Ooh, I don't like that. That's a racist thought. It's human. Some people will have knee-jerk reactions to the unknown. But we have to, that person has to acknowledge that's a racist thought and grow past it. And so I believe that it is natural and understanding if someone has that transphobic response because they're not used to it. But if that is your response, it's a transphobic response and it's something to think about as people. I don't think it's transphobic. I don't think it's a transphobic response because, again, I'm not suddenly a majority dis- of the trans community would disagree with you. And, and but there's plenty that don't. And that's the thing. It's it's the, now we're getting into the like we're getting into weird things of like, you know, 
preferences and things like that. It's there's no object there's no objectively wrong or right answer in, in this. I think there, there's not a subjective answer to it. It is They're always right. objective. And I think that that's part of the problem when you start talking. I, I disagree about, with that. I think I think I think there isn't an objective answer to this. I think it's always subjective. Maybe I misspoke. Pardon me. I, I misspoke. But anyway, um, you're saying, okay? Yeah, sorry. My, what I was saying is is that this is something that that each individual has to make their own determination of what they want in a partner, and if that doesn't. If what they want in a partner is not what they're receiving in a partner, first of all, they need to know that. Secondly, they need to make that clear. And that doesn't make them a bad person. That doesn't make them transphobic. It makes them human. It makes them a person. You know, they're allowed to have preferences, in in my opinion. Yes, but anatomy is different, though. Because and here's the thing. Yeah, it's but, not that you, it's but not that anatomy you is... But Matt, if Matt goes on that date, and she's got a flat bedonker, he has to admit that he is prejudiced on bedonkers. He's allowed to have that preference, but he can't say all bedonkers are equal to me. If he is not dating someone with a flat ass, he cannot say he is not prejudiced about the caboose. You know what? I got to be honest here. I'm thinking about it. I I have said no to dates with women because they had a flat ass. And I'm and thinking about fine. it. And yeah, I but absolutely then, have. But then that is an assphobic response. And so therefore, if you're not going to date a trans person, or if your opinion changes upon hearing their 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 gender identity or operation status, which honestly is never their object need to disclose. Agreed. That's it. That's a transphobic thought. And you're allowed to think about that, ponder it, take it for what it is. But whether you're talking about your prejudice on bedonkers or your prejudice towards dating trans people, it is what it is. So, it's all so human. I have, a, I have a curious question then. Yeah. Um, do you believe that a, a trans person has a responsibility to tell the person that they are dating or potentially going to get married to, having a long-term relationship, um, that they were born differently than they present now. I think nope. it depends on the person in the situation, nope. and, and everyone's different. I don't think it depends okay. on shit. I, I don't think the case case high about now. No, I'm curious case now. Obligation. I'm, I'm no, curious nobody's about obligated Ari's. to do shit. Sorry. Oh, yep. he's asking Ari. My bad. Sorry. Yeah. No, no he's I'm, asking. I'm all curious. Of us. I'm asking everybody, oh. but I'm curious about Ari's. Uh, response and also um i am also curious like hey was saying about the question you posed us as well earlier okay yeah um <laughs> i don't know my first thought when like i'm always packing i always have my kids still carry uh but <laughs> god damn it i love you <laughs> i don't know like I was... we can't get those here in california <laughs> yeah that's why i can't move there but yeah i don't know like i don't i don't think it's it's my responsibility to, to tell you what the funny thing is though, when when I was when I did have a penis and and I would tell people that I would get more they would be more interested usually. Yeah, there's a lot of chasers out there. That that mm-hmm. I know that's a fetish, but then it becomes this issue of like <laughs> they're not after a relationship with you; they just want to fuck you and get out, right? Yeah, yeah. So I I always tell people, even still, like like. After the surgery, I tell I tell people just to be safe because I know there's a lot of people out there that would care to do me harm, or at least I've been told that by the media. So. 
Well, and then there's also like, cause the thing is, and this is where I think it, like you, you get into nuances with like, it depends on the person in the situation too. Wait, wait, hold on. I, we got to back up. Cause I just heard something and I want to make sure I heard you correctly. Are you suggesting that hate crimes don't exist and are a fallacy of the media? No, I'm just being a silly goose. Oh, okay. Because y'all are like That's all you want. I was just like, wait a second. We got to address this real quick. Okay. Sorry, go ahead. I, I heard that as sarcasm, by the way. Yeah, same here. I, I, yeah. My, my sarcasm button was not working. Sorry. <laughs> so, but look, so what I was saying is, is like going back to like even Chris's analogy of like the girl with a flat butt, like if I marry the girl with a flat butt and she's hiding and I, and she's never told me that and I don't know it. And 15 years after we've been married, I suddenly discover there's this big secret. She's been hiding me from me my entire life. I'm not going to be mad that I've married someone with a flat, butt. I'm going to be married that somebody I've shared my entire life with has been hiding a significant part of who they are from me for this entire time. But I also recognize not everyone is going to have the take that I am. And there's plenty of situations where you could reveal, like there'd be people in that situation be like flat, butt knife, <laughs> like kill, kill. Like there's psychopaths out there that will murder and hurt and harm for no reason. So like, I don't think that I'm in a position to t- judge anyone for either of those decisions. It's unique. And again, it's a matter for the couple to figure out. It's their fucking private business. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about that couple's decision. It's up to fucking them. Yeah. And a lot of people equate it to like STDs. And I think that's a shit equivalency because I'm not going to have sex with a trans woman and become trans. Like, <laughs> oh, no, I caught, I caught the trans. Shit. Oh, that's oh, no. I'm wearing a pussy hat. No. Like, the. <laughs> That's, that's that's not going to happen, and my safety is not on the line. Yep. Um, so no, I, I don't think anyone has a fucking obligation to tell anybody shit about what they are or what they're packing or what their identity is. But it kind of depends on like if I if I'm meeting somebody off of like uh, God, I never use Grinder, but if I meet somebody off of Grinder, then I probably safe not to tell right or if i but if I meet somebody like I mean if you're meeting club, someone off of Grinder, I would say you might want to. Check your identity out a little bit. Why? Because grinders, grinders for men, isn't it? No, they have trans women. Uh-uh. Oh, I didn't know that. I sorry. I I'm check your fucking it's, privilege, it's, Chris. That's, it's, that's <laughs> an uninformed opinion, right there. Yeah. I'm sorry, I am I am ignorant as to the options on Grinder. It's not a place I've frequented. Don't be homophobic, Chris. Oh, dude, are you kidding me? I wish I was gay. <laughs> Holy shit! I've had this talk. Oh my god, I would have gotten so much ass if I was bi. Fuck. Oh. <laughs> anyway, um. I could have been living the good shoe life with rich man. Oh my God. I could have married rich that guy. He was so pretty and wealthy and he would have taken care of me forever. I'm just stuck in California with you assholes. (laughs) Anyway. What um, were you saying, Ari? The argument I hear more so often, and and it's not whether or not I like a person, if they have that penis or not. It's, I don't want to have a long-term relationship with you because we can't have kids in the future. I, I hear, I've heard that. A few times. Yeah, and I think that's bullshit yeah. too. Because what if you get with someone it turns out they can't have kids? Like, yeah, yeah. That, and I agree with that too. That we actually I had a conversation about this with my wife a few months ago. We were doing these hypotheticals that you were asking me, Chris, and she actually is the one that pointed that out. She's like, "Well, if it because I made that argument, I'm like, I don't know if I could be with a trans person because I've always wanted kids." And she's like, "Well, what if I couldn't have kids? Would you have divorced me?" And I would. And my first aunt, my instinct was just like, "Fuck no, we would have adopted." And I was, and she's like, "Well, there's your." Oh, fuck good job 
good job, wife. You got me on that one because it's true. If you want, like, if you are so hung up on biologically reproducing a child from your own seed, I think you've got other problems going on. Like, I maybe mean, you're not going to be yeah. a good parent if the only way you can love a child is if you spawn it yourself. Your biological yeah. child, Some ego clone. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you shouldn't have kids at that point. Fair. Um, but yeah, I, I, again, I think the issue of relationship and mar- and and child rearing is, I think it goes one direction. And when I say this, like, okay, for instance, um, again, anecdotal as hell. I was married once, wanted children. Children were not possible. Um, that didn't affect my want to be with my partner. That was that that no, that has nothing to do with it. However, I believe if one of you wants children and the other one does not. That should be a consideration. Yes. Um, for anyway, very much because so. Before you if, get married, yeah. Because <laughs> if I'm with someone who desperately wants children and I don't want children, well, we should have a really long talk about expectations because if that's a, that's a desire I can't fulfill, you know, and end a story. Um, and so I think it, I think that only works one direction. Like I think if both of you are like pro kid, but like, oh, that person's not biologically capable. That's bullshit. If it's, if it's a question of decisions or wants, that's very different because foster and adoption and that kind of things are possible. It's actually not um, a common conversation to have either. I'm going to go on for a little tangent, but bear with me here. Um, so, uh, as many of you may have guessed or learned, I'm not very religious. However, when I married my wife, she is, her family is very Catholic, very, very fucking Catholic. Um, and as such, and she always, uh, dreamed of being married to the Catholic church. Now I was actually raised Catholic. I was never confirmed, but I did first communion and all that shit. Um, and so in order to have a marriage at a Catholic church, there's a bunch of fucking shit you got to do with a Catholic priest. Like I had to start going back to church and do all this other shit. It was intense. But one of the things they make you do is go on these couples retreats because the Catholic church is tired of people getting married in the Catholic church and then getting divorced, which is a fucking sin in the Catholic church. So they made you go on these couples retreats, right? And now the design of these couples retreats, there's, there's a religious element, but really it's the focus is getting you to talk as a couple about all the things you should be talking about before you decide to get married. We went on this retreat and at least three couples called off their wedding while we were there because they started talking about things like finances, kids, where they wanted to live, what they wanted to do, all conversations that most people that are thinking about marriage should have before they pull the, the trigger on it. And they just never did it. And it's it's shocking to me how people, little people have these conversations. That's actually really common. Yeah. Most churches do that. If you're going to get married yeah. in your church, whether it's Protestant or Jewish or Catholic, like most churches actually do that. And it's one of the only things I'll give you as a good idea. I, I, yeah. I will rarely defend the Catholic fucking church, but that one's a good idea. Talk your shit out before you commit to a life. That'd be like, That'd be like buying a house without getting a home inspection. Yeah, got, that's dumb. The Don't retreat sucked because it was in the middle of it was in the middle of summer. It was hot as fuck. They didn't have air conditioning. They made us sleep separately in different dorms and shit. However, they also had us write a bunch of stuff to each other, and that's a memory. Like we still go back after nine years and read the shit we wrote to each other, and it, it, it's fucking great shit. Like I, I don't regret doing that at all now. Anyway, sorry. Man, I would, I would, I would, I would have written hate notes just to be funny. So, final thoughts on uh, on 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 Americans and being trans, and as a trans person living in the South, happily, mm-hmm. you're an interesting perspective. What um, what do you think the answer is moving forward to making life a little bit easier on our trans brothers and sisters? 
we need more affordable housing. We need easier access to education. We need easier access to healthcare. Uh, we need more jobs that pay more money. So like all the you. same things for everyone else. Yeah. 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 Okay. Fair enough. It. All right. Well, Ari, thank you for joining us. Real quick, before we go, I want you to plug it everything. Like, like, t- let's let's <laughs> let, tell us all about your your fucking nonprofit that you're starting up, and tell us all about your um, your podcast and where people can find you and listen to you. Uh, yeah. So the so the nonprofit is basically a peer kind of counseling setup for um, for trans people and like allies. Uh, so basically anybody. Um, and uh, right now we do a lot of online support groups. We do some trauma groups. We do some gender identity groups. We do a whole bunch of different stuff. We play D&D, play Call of Duty. Transitionalspace.us is our website. And you can find the links to Facebook through there, to our Discord. Uh, links to our podcast on there as well. Everything is pretty much on that one website. Beautiful. Thank you so much. And yeah, everyone, please go to those websites, check them out, and uh, show Ari and uh, her allies some love. We're going to have all of Ari's information in the show description. Check out her podcast. Give it a click. Give her a listen. Uh, Ari, you've been absolutely amazing as a guest. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, We will be blasting the hell out of this episode. Uh, To everyone, your link will be in there. So hopefully they'll give you guys a a little boost in your numbers too. And yeah, thanks for coming on. Fuck. Thank you. Thank you all for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for being here. This is awesome. And uh, absolutely. Make sure you go check out Ari. She deserves it. So, everyone, thank you for joining us as well. We know this was a long one, uh, but I hope you liked it. I hope it was worth it. Uh, and we will see you next week. And it's all about goodness. Remember, until then, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Trans men are men. Trans women are women. And until then, the revolution is you. <laughs>